and he shall recover. This is for the command. This is for the command. When you turn out the command, God will follow. He'll fulfill it. Scripture there in Genesis where God had called Abraham and told 
Abraham to take your son, your only son, and present him on the altar as a sacrifice to me. And of course, Abraham took the boy and carried him to put him on the altar to sacrifice him to the Lord. And Abraham could not see what God had in store for him, but he looked up, the angel spoke to him and said, don't slay your son. He looked up and when he looked up, he saw a lamb caught in the thicket. That's why God was impressing on my heart that it's there. But you have not gotten to the end of yourself to see. But it is there. Amen. And I was sleeping. I believe it was Tuesday morning. And I awakened and something on the inside of me was screaming, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. It disturbed my sleep for a while. Jehovah Jireh. Amen. And that's when the thought came to me, it is there. Amen. And it's there because God has placed it there. It's there because you ran out of you and you ran into God. And I was thinking how that when we first come to Jesus Christ, we come to Jesus Christ based on the report of somebody who have told us, amen, about him. The first report we can think about is the one that John gave in the book of John 3, 16 through 18. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn you. He sent his son in the world to redeem you. Amen. And then uh, Isaiah said another report. He gave that report to strengthen our faith. He said, who have believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and we shall see him. There is no beauty that we shall desire of him. He is despised and rejected of men. And I tell you, sometimes when I go to pray, and sometimes the enemy trying to tell me, God don't hear me. I go over these scriptures and say, he would have done all that he did if he didn't love me. And if he loved me, he's not going to let me cry out to him and him not answer me. Amen. And because of that, I look at the scripture and say, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And then I heard another report in the book of Hebrews 6, 18, it said, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Amen. We may have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. And I got a whole lot of other scripture, but I'm just going to cut right on through it now. I was putting together the scriptures yesterday. And as I was putting together the scriptures, God spoke to me. He said, you have never had enough. The 
tears began to run down my face when I thought about it. He said, you have never had enough. And my thought was, you don't see God until you run to the end of yourself. And when you get to the end of you, that's when you see God. Uh, Moses came to the end of himself when God spoke to him. I want you to go down and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he was frightened. And he said, Lord, I'm going to do that. He simply asked him, what you got in your hand? Moses said, a stick. Now, I want to say to you right now, something that you are familiar with right now, God is going to convince you beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's with you and that you're going to do some work for the Lord. Anybody ready to do some work for the Lord? Amen. amen. And so when he was speaking to me there, amen, my hands got off the keys. My hands went up in the air. The tears began to run down my face when God said, you have never had enough. And, it just, and I cried in front of the computer. And then I started going over my life of what God had done for me. And sometimes we want to, uh, we want to wait until we got everything lined up. But God was telling me, James, you never had everything lined up. You just moved by the impulse <laughs> that I gave you. And then he was telling me, and I started going over my life, amen. Amen. Uh, I remember when I had just gotten saved, the Lord spoke to uh, me. And God began to uh, say he wanted me to be in ministry. And, of course, I, I didn't know what it was. I, I didn't have enough, amen, to be in ministry. Amen. And anyhow, he, he shook me around, and after a while, I said, I'll preach. Amen. I'll preach. So I was the first one in my family to come to salvation. Now, at 13 years of age, I used to fast. Ain't nobody called to fast. I would fast on my own at 13. And so being the first one in the family to be saved, I wanted the rest of my family saved. So at 13, I walk up in the house, amen, with my brothers and my sisters, and I wanted to start a prayer meeting. I said, can we pray? My oldest brother looked around and said, uh, I said, can you cut the television off so we can pray? He said, if you can't pray with this television on, he said, then you can't get no prayer through no how. Shame on you. And when he said that, I just stood up and started praying. When I started praying, the lights, boom, went off immediately. And I prayed for a while. And when I finished praying, the lights came back on. You see, I didn't have enough. I never, God would tell me, James, you never had enough. But when you ran out of you, that's when you stepped into my grace. And then another occasion, we were on our way to church down uh, in the country. When I said country, no street lights. But my three brothers and I was in the car. And we was on our way to church. And as we was in on our way to church, a light shined from heaven all the way around the car. Instantly, all of us were in the spirit. We got ourselves together enough to drive the car and we got to church. When we got to church, that same light, amen, hailed all over the back of the church. And we was in the spirit, stumbling into the church. All four of us in that car was called into the ministry. 
we didn't have enough. And God began to show me not having enough was not a bad thing because I am what you need. Amen. And when I began to look at him and see what he could do for me, and then another time, amen, I don't know about these young people nowadays. Anybody here 13? The first time I heard the voice of God, I was on a fast. I heard the voice of God saying, like many waters, why don't you? I became so frightened. I ran upstairs and stood by my brother's bedside looking for a great uh, admiration, something to come through. Amen. I never saw anything, but I heard the voice of God speaking to me. Then God spoke to me again and he began to carry me away in the spirit and I began to bless the name of the Lord. And then God, while I was sitting in front of the computer, he said, you have never had enough for nothing that you did. And I started running references in my mind. Never had enough. Didn't have enough education. Didn't have enough money. Didn't have enough connection. But God said, I gave you my grace. Then I started thinking, I agreed to get married. Didn't have enough money to get married. Went to the porn shop and bought a ring for my wife. She got a used dress from somewhere. The flower girls on their way to church stopped on side of the road and got some flowers from a vendor on side of the road and came up and we got married. Then I went a little bit further. At 25 years of age, I still didn't have enough. I was living on 1264 Lakeview Avenue. That, that woman right there is a woman of faith. I thank God for her. I'm looking and she said, James, they're building houses over in Central God. I think we ought to go over there and look. I didn't tell her this, but I wanted to ask her, woman, are you crazy? I don't have enough. So we went over 2005 Poplar Street, nothing there but a platform. And this at the time was upper middle class and I'm living on Lakeview Avenue. And the man out of courtesy took our application to put the house for, for us to get the house. So we got the application, we went on home, forgot all about it. The man came to the door, red as a beat, knocked on the door and said, I don't understand it, I don't understand it, but your loan has been approved. 
because lady got busy, ran all the way down the hallway and came back. <laughs> and we moved into our first home. But we didn't have enough. So God was telling me, James, you have never had enough. And then we moved into this church. Moving into this church here was phenomenal. Came into the church, raised the offering, we raised the offering. And when we finished raising it in the basket, we didn't have enough money in the basket. But prophetess Fairclaw stood up and said, God said, praise me and watch me work. And we went into a praise and we praised God. The deacon got the money and kept the money. And it was over the amount that we asked for. So God was carrying me through all of these references. Now, I don't know what he's going to tell me to do now. But he ran references on me and called me. And he told me, James, you have never had enough. And we had everything we need. And then, of course, y'all know about the, the thing about me going into full-time ministry. Not beat the floor. And God said, yes, going to full-time ministry. And I cried and begged and pleaded. And God spoke to me and said, preach my word and you'll not lack for bread. That was June the 2nd, 1983. Since that time, I have not wanted for bread. Two of the biggest houses I ever owned were born after that. I went out strolling, bought my first car. And all of this was done because God said, James, you don't have enough. You've never ever had enough. But I bless you. And I'm saying this because God wants to bless somebody in here today. And it's not based upon what you got in your pocket or in your wallet. It's based upon God able to do it. Anybody ready to step out on nothing and declare everything? Because you see, when you get to that place that you don't have nothing, you start looking to God. If you can see the invisible, hear the inaudible, you can do the impossible. And, this, and, the, and the benediction that we give, that benediction came when I went to church. Snow was deep on the ground. I went to the church by myself, went in, and I cried and prayed. Anointed, God said, anoint the piano stool, anoint the altar, and I did all of that. And God gave us a musician to play. God blessed us because we did what God told us to do. Amen. So we never have had enough. But that when I went into full-time ministry, God increased the church. But his word to me, you have never had enough. So I don't know what God's going to do now. And let me tell you what. He is no respecter of person. 
If he bless me, he's going to bless you. But the whole thing is predicated on faith. If you can believe, it's possible. I want you to stand on your feet right now and get ready to receive your miracle. Amen. And I'm convinced that God will do what he said he's going to do. Get in the mind, amen, that souls can be born into the kingdom of God. Get in the mind that people, amen, sins can be washed away in Jesus' name. We are going through a persecution right now in this church because God is getting us ready for a miracle. He's getting us ready for something that's coming out of place that's going to blow your mind. I believe in God for it. Lift your hands, Father. In the name of Jesus, I declare unto these people what you've done for me. As their leader, you will not do more for me than you do for them. Anoint this house right now and everybody is staying in position. Let them know that they don't have enough. But if they wait on you, you will supply all of their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. And the church said, Amen. Amen.